Good evening from Charlotte. I am James Briarton. It is Monday, August the 16th, 2021, and this is a live special edition of the Carolina Weather Group streaming on the Carolina WeatherNet and on our affiliated platforms across social media because we have a big weather day tomorrow moving into the Carolinas to bring us up to speed. We have assembled part of our panel here tonight from the Carolina Weather Group, including Evan Fisher in Western North Carolina, Jared Smith and Shay Gibson, both joining us from Charleston, South Carolina. And of course, hello to all of you at home watching on Facebook, YouTube, and the Carolina WeatherNet. You can join the conversation right now with your questions, comments, and concerns at any point during tonight's live broadcast by using the comments function. And if you're listening on our podcast, hello to you as well. So if you're just joining us and uh, you're just coming in to tune in to what's the going to be moving into the Carolinas tomorrow. Well, we have Tropical Storm Fred, which made landfall on the panhandle of Florida earlier today. And we have a very interesting setup for tomorrow that involves a tornado risk associated with Fred, regardless of the strength of Fred, whether it's a tropical storm, tropical depression, or just simply the remnants. And then we have a stalled front that's been with us across the Carolinas here. And as you know, just bringing very powerful thunderstorms to the Carolinas the last few days, including wind damage and a flash flood risk. Well, all of that's going to get turned up even more tomorrow. The Storm Prediction Center has put us in a slight risk, tier 2 out of 5, for the chance of seeing scattered tornadoes, damaging wind and hail. And then the Weather Prediction Center has put portions of western North Carolina and the upstate of South Carolina into a moderate risk of seeing flash flooding tomorrow. Let's go right on over to Evan Fisher. He joins us from western North Carolina. He's in Asheville. Before the show, Evan, you were telling us about all the storm uh, damage you've been seeing over the course of the last few days. What can you expect tomorrow with already saturated soils? Sure. Yeah. So like you said, James, we have some very saturated soils right now across Western North Carolina. Folks have seen anywhere from two to six inches of rain over the last 48 hours ahead of what's to what's to come with Tropical Storm Fred. We've had a stalled out front draped over the region that's just bring, been uh, bringing round after round of tropical rain uh, to us. Yesterday, we, we had a, a bit of an off day, about half an inch locally. And the day before, we had even more than that. So moving into tomorrow, uh, it, it's not a great look. We are expecting heavy rain to be uh, widespread by the morning. Uh, and we'll see heavy to moderate rain going throughout the morning hours. And as we head into the afternoon, you know, I really think by early afternoon, we're going to start to see a ramp up in precipitation rates, particularly across southwestern North Carolina, those southwestern mountains and uh, western, I guess we can say western South Carolina up towards the upstate in the, the, the mountains there. That's where we're going to see the heavy rain move in first. Uh, and, and as we go through the afternoon, that's going to spread east. By late afternoon, we're going to be seeing that push into Asheville, North Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, and as we head into the evening hours, that'll press even further east out towards the, the Piedmont and central South Carolina. Widespread, we're looking at uh, five to eight inches uh, along the Blue Ridge Escarpment in the mountains of North Carolina and upstate South Carolina. Isolated locations could see up to 10 inches of rain, which is going to bring with it Incredible. a concern for flash flooding and landslides. Uh, with the, the pre-existing wet ground conditions, we're going to see power outages with breezy winds as the storm passes through. Uh, tomorrow is definitely a, a weather-aware day. You're going to want to be paying attention to your phone, watching out for flash flood uh, warnings as they come out because they will be issued. Um, it, it is not going to be a good day for travel uh, across western North Carolina and South Carolina. 
Evan, let me walk through what people were just seeing on their screens. For those of you who are joining us live on Facebook and YouTube, this is the HRRR run, our rapid refreshing model to give you an idea of what weather radar could potentially look like during the next 24 to 36 hours. You can see that area of circulation associated with Fred moving right up Interstate 85 through the Atlanta area. And then that leaves us on the eastern side of that storm, which is not going to just bring us lots of tropical moisture at times, but also that tornado risk. And as Evan was talking about, and as the National Weather Service in Greenville Spartanburg pointed out earlier this morning in their forecast notes, that if we're anticipating seeing rainfall amounts between five and 10 inches. Well, they know historically speaking across those slopes of upstate South Carolina, Western North Carolina, that once they get to that seven inch mark, that's when we start to see landslides in addition to the flash flooding that we'll be seeing along creeks and streams and low-lying areas. We already have very saturated grounds across so much of the Carolinas because of the persistent rains we've been seeing on and off for the past few days. So that could make it all that much easier to see things, as Evan mentioned, like down trees, down power lines, and of course, the already loose soil make it all that much easier for landslides. We're going to take a look in just a moment at uh, the Storm Prediction Center and the Weather Prediction Center map and kind of show you some of the bullseyes and even some of the uh, forecasted rainfall amounts. But to get an overview on the tornado risk, let's bring in Jared Smith in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, What are you seeing in terms of uh, tornadic ingredients out there, Jared? Yeah. So, uh, you you know, originally Fred was not going to look like a big tornado producer. Um, I'm looking over right now at, at, at radar and and looking at that, and right now it's pretty quiet, which is good news. But uh, as we get into Tuesday um, and we see the circulation begin to move up, the the wind shear that just naturally happens from being in the right front quadrant of the storm, it's where you get your best wind shear set up, um, that combined with some, perhaps some daytime heating, uh ahead of it i mean again we you know we might we might be in a lot of rain there too but the 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 other thing is is that you have plenty of moisture transport you don't have any concerns with moisture transport up into that region um as we have discussed already with in terms of the rainfall so again tornadoes in uh tropical systems are typically relatively short-lived hard to detect and um you know, are typically on the weaker side, but, you know, but then again, is there any such thing as a super weak tornado? Um, we, we saw things that would have been classified as weak tornadoes during Elsa here uh, along the Charleston coast. And uh, I guarantee you that they did not think that they were that weak, the people who were hit in Port Royal. So, uh, so again, that'll be something that we're going to want to keep an eye on. Um, we got the, uh, the, Storm Prediction Center risk here. And I would not be surprised to see this nudged a little more east. Um, looking at some of the parameters coming in and some of the uh, some of today's model runs. And again, this was this was issued midday today. Um, some of the evening model runs bring some of that tornado threat maybe a little bit further into the Midlands, uh, maybe even scraping I-95 um, there. But what you can see here is you have a 5% chance of a tornado within 25 miles of a point. If you're used to you know, probability precipitation, you have a 20% chance of rain, 80% chance that it's not going to rain. Okay, that's one thing. But, but when we're talking about probabilities with this Storm Prediction Center outlook, 5%, a 5% risk of a tornado is a fairly decent risk. I mean, it's, you know, 
if you're thinking you have a 5% chance over normal, that's kind of the thinking here. And, um, and as we've seen, we've had, we have had slight risk days. We have had marginal risk days that have been extremely busy. Hopefully that's not the case here. Hopefully, you know, this, um, stays relatively, you know, relatively tame, but we're going to want to watch this closely, especially near and to the northeast of the circulation center as it goes up through Georgia tomorrow and coincides with peak heating. Further to the east, um, <clears throat> along the coast, obviously landfalling tropical system in the Gulf, the last time we had that was Elsa and we were up all night. I don't think this is going to be like that again, but I will also say that there is a non-zero chance, and this comes from the Weather Service. This is not just me spouting off here. Weather Service is kind of noting there's a non-zero chance that maybe we could have a couple rotating elements uh, within the rain bands that will be coming through um, the South Carolina coast beginning overnight um, into tomorrow morning, potentially for tomorrow morning's rush. So something that we're going to want to watch out in the Charleston area is – you know, I'm less concerned about tornadoes, but I'm certainly concerned about the potential for some uh, brief urban flooding during the morning rush. If, in fact, the model solutions that have been pretty consistent over the last 12 hours uh, verify. However, we have, you know, we have a ways to go still. Um, these things can often change on a dime. But what I'll what I'll recommend to everybody tomorrow, uh, I'll, I will echo Evan here in that. Be close to your phone. Be be listening for warnings. You know, make sure that you have your wireless emergency alerts turned on, um, so you can get tornado warnings. So you can get those considerable damage flash flood warnings. Um, not every flash flood warning is going to alert to your phone anymore. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, it's only the ones with the considerable tag and higher. So uh, that's that's something that they put in the warning, and and it kind of differentiates the tiers of flash floods a little bit. Um, we, we, I could do a whole show on how I feel about that, but that we're going to put that aside and just say, have that available and have another weather app. Your local news station probably has a really good weather app. I mean, honestly, they, it will tell you, it will give you the warning to your location. Like they do a pretty good job. Have a NOAA weather radio. Have, um, you know, if you know somebody in an area that's affected, give them a ring, give them a text. Um, we, we, we all can work together here to make sure that we're all aware uh, of the situation that, you know, we might be, you know, running into tomorrow with uh, with Fred. And and again, you know, I, I look at I'm looking at this track a little bit and this is even a little bit further east than it was, you know, at this time last night. So. Uh, so, again, you know, that's certainly something that we're going to need to watch. Uh, Joseph Adams here just chimed in on uh here in, in in Facebook here and I and and has a great question about if the sun were to come out long enough for to warm up would that increase the severe threat? Absolutely, absolutely. You, you put a little more heating on this with you already have very rich moisture, very rich dew points. I was looking at, I was looking at the sounding coming out of Tallahassee, the weather balloon that came out of there. I can't believe they got one out. Um, I can't believe they got a weather balloon up to this evening, but they did. Uh, and it measured some extremely, extremely humid air uh, that will be. Jared, if I bring the HIRR back up, you can actually see mm -hmm. some of those breaks in the action here tomorrow afternoon mm -hmm. in places like Charlotte, where I am. Mm -hmm. Even though you're going to be pounding of tropical rain at times, any break in that action to your point and Joseph's questions, yes, mm -hmm. could certainly kind of refuel things. Let me bring in Shea Gibson who has uh, been waiting in the wings from, from Charleston. And Shay, you're our tropical guy. We're looking at this uh, forecast cone from uh, the National Hurricane Center. We had 
Fred come ashore earlier today in the panhandle of Florida. But hey, it's just a it's just a tropical depression. What's the big deal? Well, well, I mean, it was actually closer. I mean, getting up there at a very strong tropical storm, 65 miles an hour when it made landfall. So it was strengthening. Um, the issue we have is we have a stalled front to the north. So everybody in the southeast is trapped in a warm, moist air sector. And then you have a large slug of Gulf moisture and tropical moisture surging north up towards it. So what you, what you end up with is, is, you know, Jared and I were looking at some of the, the precipitable water tables that are 2.25 and higher uh, for tomorrow. And that's an extreme amount of rain, not to mention you're going to have a lot of areas of rotation likely up in the mountainous zones. It's just it's because of the winds, the rotations, um, everything going on. It's, it's a recipe for not, it's, a, it's actually a very dangerous recipe for tomorrow for the, the Appalachians and the upstate and the, and the highlands. But also, even at the coastline, we're setting up tropical banding just off of our coast. That looks like it could really give us a, a good whopping here uh, along the Charleston and the coast of the South Carolina area by just before sunrise and all the way through the morning. So we may get a couple of rounds of some tropical banding where that convergent line is still trying to feed up and around the system. Uh, but overall, what we're looking at is, is heavy rainfalls, localized flooding, flash flooding. Definitely um, an issue. And I'll go ahead. I don't know, James, am I allowed to share a screen or? Absolutely. I can. Okay. So I'll just go ahead and share a screen real quick. Let me know when you can see. You're up. All right. Um, so it, what you see here is, is Fred's, you know, pushing up uh, through the Mississippi, Alabama border. See all the moisture going up. This is infrared satellite. So all you're seeing is cloud tops. You're not actually seeing some of the radar returns that are ongoing, but you can see the banding set up over Florida, getting ready to come up into the Carolinas. Um, if we look at uh, Fred itself, the forecast cone, of course, you showed that earlier, is going up through and up into the, um, the Appalachians. Now, one thing I want to point out is the uh, flash flood risk. So uh, these areas in red, of course, being the highest and moderate. Moderate is, is pretty um, it's pretty substantial when it comes to the risk categories, just because it's not 50% or higher doesn't mean that it's not a high risk. 20% is very high risk area, moderate. And that goes all the way to the coastline. And, and I think this probably will fill in for Charleston overnight tonight. I think we're not going to be in the, in the 5%. We're probably going to be more in the 20% moderate at, at wow. this rate with the rain banding that's going to be filling in here overnight. So and Shay, I would be surprised I to see this. Out if I, yeah, if sure. I could. Apologies mm -hmm. for the delay on this system. Um, what folks are looking at right now in terms of marginal, slight, moderate, and high is different than the Storm Prediction Center's five tiers of severe weather. I want folks right. to understand that this is the flash flooding risk from the Weather Prediction Center. They use this like similar colors and similar names, so it gets a little confusing. Nope. Yeah, that's right. So uh, SPC... Uh, does this for an excessive rainfall outlook, especially during tropical events where they try to zero in on this. Um, you know, different agencies try to put out the products. This one is a little more um, tuned into the localized flash flooding. So yes, James, that's a good question. Um, I did want to point out something Scotty Powell and our, and our, he put a good post earlier kind of showing the breakdown from uh, um, GSP, uh, some of the, the totals of rainfall that are expected. So you know, this is this is just an example. This was put out at 2.36 p.m. today. So, uh, Evan, you may have some updated information, but just an idea. I know there's some folks on here asking about what about the foothills? What about uh, Burke County, McDowell County? And, and you pretty much know where you are on this map. I would say, um, you know, you're looking at three to six inches widely across some of these areas and, and some areas more than others and, and some less than others. But, I mean, it, it's a pretty it's a pretty big swath. Like Evan set up the 10 inches locally in some areas. Um, you know, we get into lifting. Uh, tropical moisture that lifts up 
upslope of the mountains, you end up with, especially with the setup we have for a volatile situation for an extreme amount of rainfall to occur. And it doesn't take very much, especially now, Evan, we'll pass it back to you. But I just want to, um, James, to share a little bit of information there from, from my side. But Evan, I think um, what you're talking about is you guys have had a lot of rain on the ground lately anyway. So, you know, you guys, yeah. you're already in, you're already at the flood table, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Locally, all of the creeks and rivers are already quite swollen. Uh, we've even seen local flood damage taking out a couple of bridges here in my part of Asheville. Last night, we had flash flood, considerable flash flood warnings issued out towards Rosman at the headwaters of the French Broad River. Uh, so we, we aren't starting at a, a ground state. We are starting at a very elevated flood risk, uh, and we're just going to build from here. Uh, with some dangerous flood con conditions expected tomorrow. Uh, also, to add on to what Shay said, you know, these counties like McDowell, uh, Burke County, and the rest of the foothills, the further west you are, the higher your rainfall totals are, totals are going to be. Uh, so the further east, and, th and this has to do with orographic lifting. So the further west you are, the closer you are to what we call the Blue Ridge Escarpment or the Continental Divide. And that's where we're seeing moisture, low level moisture, get lifted up the first part of the mountains. And then it kind of strains out all of the, the water out of the air. And uh, that leads to locally enhanced rainfall totals. Like you should say, isolate, isolated spots up to 10 inches of rain, uh, especially right there along that continental divide. So if you're a little bit further east, a little bit further east, closer to the Piedmont, you'll see lower totals still talking in the, the realm of three to six inches, which is quite concerning. Um, Further east, your landslide threat is going to be lower, uh, but th those folks that are closer towards the mountains, closer towards that continental divide, they are going to be seeing the, the five to eight plus inches, the landslide threat, flash flooding threat, and the, the gusty winds threat. You know, GSP, NWS GSP in their forecast discussion earlier mentioned that the, the winds are currently expected to be sub-advisory level but they are trending upwards and sub-advisory level is still strong enough to knock down some trees when we have uh, this, the saturated soils like we've already got. So that's going to be something to pay attention to, especially late, late afternoon, evening tomorrow as that strongest band comes through. There's going to be one band right there at the end. It's going to be a kicker and it's, it's going to pack a punch. And that's the one where we expect some, some gusty winds. That could be where we see widespread power outages uh, a tick up. Uh, guys, take a look about, at, oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, James. I was just going to ask, you know, what, what's the reasoning what, why we would get that much rainfall up there? I mean, you know, we had maybe only three to five inches where this storm made landfall, but seemingly more rain as the storm pushes north. I, mean, I know we in our meteorology, we have terms, we have things that we, we know when moisture lifts, there's only nowhere to go but down. But can you give some of the, the folks watching maybe an idea of why this would happen? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we get low level moisture transport coming in off of off the Gulf, off of the Western Atlantic, which is really a, a troublemaker for us. We end up with a lot of moisture pulled up coming up from South Carolina, Georgia and North Carolina, pushing right up against the mountains. And when that moisture pool, it hits those mountains, it has nowhere to go but up. So it rises up the eastern slope of the southern Appalachian Mountains. And as it does, it's going to cool. It's going to con that air is going to cool and condense and then precipitate. So it's it's kind of a, a very basic weather term. Actually, we call it orographic lift, but it's just a process of cooling, condensation, and precipitation that is causing the the enhanced rainfall totals across the mountains. Uh, it's it's an unfortunate 
result of our local geography. Uh, it, it leads to local subtropical rainforests here in West North Carolina, which a lot of folks don't know about. Uh, but it, it's it's going to lead to those widespread totals being much higher than what we've even seen down the coast where we had the landfalling tropical storm, tropical storm Fred earlier this afternoon. If I can pop this up on the screen, here is a look at some of those rainfall totals as observed over the past seven days. Places like Charlotte have been one of those hot spots. Winston-Salem have been one of those hot spots where you've seen on the order of three, four, five inches of rain locally. But as Evan was just talking about in that terrain, just in pure rainfall amounts, as we push our way into, say, Asheville, you can see amounts of inches of rain has fallen down towards Jackson and Transylvania, where we had a flash flood warning today, if I recall, if if not in the past few days, uh, yeah. almost 10 inches of rain have fallen. And just to kind of give people the lay of the land, this is what we are going into tomorrow's event with in recent memory. These are all of the severe thunderstorm warnings, all of the flash flood warnings, all of the storm reports from the past seven days. Every one of those little pins on your map represents a downed tree or flooding. And so that is what has been priming our ground. So as we're talking about what fuel we have in the atmosphere, we also need to consider what is already awaiting us on the ground in terms of integrity. And so you can see where a lot of Western North Carolina, all the way as far East as parts of Raleigh, that I-77 corridor, those foothills and those mountains, and again, upstate South Carolina have kind of just really been in that bullseye of severe weather the past few days. Not to say that uh, Charleston didn't get any good thunderstorms or anything, guys, but uh, it looks like below and behold, the last few days, a lot of the activity has been further inland uh, when we take a look at that uh, that storm map. So that's just kind of setting us up for you know what the ground is uh, willing to uh, take in terms of a beating again tomorrow. And it's it's been interesting, right? Because we came in to August very hot, falling behind on our rainfall, and I'm not about to pull out a drought monitor or anything. But man, it's like my lawn has never had so much water. Uh, in the past few months. And and now we got to kind of factor that in, in terms of tree stability and the like. Uh, let's take a look at some of these live questions and comments that are coming in. Mac and Cheese, good pal of ours on YouTube, watching tonight asking, could we see a tornado watch in the foothills? I think I heard somebody hit on this earlier with regards to wind, but um, I don't know if we're going to necessarily, and you guys can let me know if you have a different feeling. I don't know if we're going to see a tornado watch. I don't, doesn't sound like we're going to get much in terms of a wind advisory or, or any sort of wind criteria, but we do have, this question is leading me to remind everybody to show this map right now, where we do have a flash flood watch that is up from Hickory to the west from Greenville Spartanburg to the west uh, because of that anticipated rainfall. So we do have the flash flood watch that's in effect for tomorrow, mac and cheese. Uh, We'll have to wait and see if we get anything like a tornado watch. But I really do think, guys, that tornado threat is a serious concern, but it's going to be playing second fiddle to the flooding. Yeah. And, 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 and what I want to also, <clears throat> what I also want to clarify too, a little bit is, you know, again, w- when you have that slight risk in place in day two, that carries over to day one, generally speaking, if you are in a slight risk area, you may be very well put under a watch, but that's going to be a decision that's going to be made. And again, if you look at a far East, I mean, that slight risk goes into Charlotte. 
I don't think we can rule it out. But I will also say this, is that it's going to very much depend on the situation in the moment. It's going to very much depend on, you know, how things evolve. And this is why we tell you to check back regularly. This is why we tell you to stay weather aware, right? Um, Because things can and do change. So uh, my best advice is look over your tornado safety precautions. Look over it. Make sure you know what to do. And the watch comes out, then you, you know, the little higher, little heightened awareness that you might need to put that into effect. And then obviously when the warning goes into effect, if the warning goes into effect, don't want to say when, Maybe let's hope there's no win tomorrow. Um, you'll know what to do. Um, but I wouldn't get too hung up on whether you're going to be put, put under a watch or anything like that right now, it, again, it's going to just, it's going to all be in the moment um, as this thing evolves. Bob Chambers joining us right now saying, hey, I missed the beginning. What are you guys kind of talking about in terms of upstate South Carolina? And you're coming in at a good time, Bob, because there's a storm prediction threat for tomorrow. Slight risk, two out of five, as Jared's been talking about. And with regards to tornadoes themselves, that 5% risk factor in about that same area again, and you hear us say this all the time, right? 5% risk of a shower. We're like, well, that's nothing. 5% risk of a tornado starts to get our attention because of the uh, damage that a, uh, a tornado could potentially have versus, say, a 5% chance of a shower where you might just get a little wet. Uh, so that's a little bit of a difference. Uh, that flash flood warning that we had uh, right now on this Monday night for portions of uh, Yakin County up in the triad if you're joining us from there that has just been allowed to expire um so if you're watching on the carolina weather net you'll notice the absence now of the big red ticker at the bottom of your screen that was just yet again another example of one of those flash flood warnings that was issued locally as uh, we've been already seeing these summertime pop-up thunderstorms over the course of the last few days uh, Jared was talking about how to get warnings, right? And there's a couple of different ways to uh, to kind of go about this. Uh, you can always get a NOAA weather radio. These are analog. They can run off of batteries or uh, even be a hand crank, right? So I got this little battery-operated guy. He sits nicely on my belt. I've got this hand crank one that I could uh, run off of stored power, crank power, or even has solar power in the back. So if you do find yourself in a situation where you need to listen to local radio or NOAA weather radio, tools like that are super helpful on top of having apps and things that you can go to so long as the cellular network is still up and running. Um, You know, in terms of the expected impact, we're going to see, I think, fairly localized impacts, just like we've been seeing with some of these storms the past few days. A mile, a few miles can make a big difference in terms of what you are seeing. So while monitoring this threat for tomorrow, it never hurts to be prepared. Get your stuff together tonight. If you don't need it tomorrow, then you got it for the next time. But uh, uh, we are going to be watching this very closely. And another place that, of course, you can get severe weather warnings is on the Carolina Weather Group Twitter, Carolina WX Group. We'll have uh, Twitter notifications for you and streaming anytime on the Carolina Weather Net. It's free. It's for Carolina Weather fans. Just search Carolina Weather Group on YouTube and you'll be able to check out our nonstop channel, which has those real-time warnings and conditions. All right, guys, we're coming up on about the 30-minute mark, so let me see what other thoughts you might have uh, and let people know that, uh, again, we're, t- we're watching this flash flood risk day tomorrow. After effect, a little bit more on Wednesday, but also a severe weather impact from the remnants of Fred in terms of storms and possible tornadoes tomorrow if you're just joining us. Um, some additional thoughts, fellas? 
Sure. Yeah. My last thought for the Western North Carolina area and Western uh, upstate South Carolina. Tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up to some rain. It's going to rain on and off throughout the morning and into early afternoon. But once we get into those afternoon hours, that's where we're really concerned about travel impacts. Uh, the evening time, I really think that we're going to see some nasty weather pushing through the mountains in upstate South Carolina as we head into the evening rush hour. That's going to be a time that you, you want to be very, very weather aware. Be looking at your phone before you're going home. You know, a lot of us work remote nowadays. So if you're able to work from home, that is wonderful. But if you do have to get out and about there in the late afternoon and evening hours, be very cautious. Look at the radar. Look at your your the National Weather Service, your local weather team on TV. Uh, and stay aware because it's it's going to be dangerous, dangerous travel conditions for a brief period there in the evening. Yeah, we haven't yet mentioned up until this point that uh, if you do find yourself in a tornado warning tomorrow, you're going to want to get yourself to the lowest level of a sturdy structure with as many walls between you and the outside world as possible. The best place is a basement and underground. But if you don't have that, like so many of us don't have that, for me, it's an interior closet that's under the stairs in the middle of the house that is as low and as interior as I can get. Jared? And given the flash flood threat tomorrow, I would I would just stick to that interior room. If you're lucky enough to have a basement, but you were, we don't have basements down here along the coast. If you've got basements up there, um, do the interior room. The It is very hard to message tornado safety and flash flood safety at the same time. Because they are literally diametrically opposed, right? <laughs> like, you know, we're telling you to get as low as possible in a tornado warning. But by the way, there's a flash flood warning, so you might want to get higher. So, you know, so that interior room, that lowest floor is a good place to go. Um, but by far, again, I think the most important thing that we can take away from tomorrow um, will be you know, watching this flash flood threat. And again, this is going to be much more pronounced in the mountains, but, you know, but again, we, we're watching closely some model trends that suggest that we could have a major band of rain coming through places like Charleston, Beaufort, Myrtle Beach, uh, potentially Charleston during rush hour, Myrtle Beach a little bit after that. Um, as Fred winds up, little feeder band-like features uh, coming through. We may have a couple rounds of those tomorrow. Uh, so certainly we're going to need to keep an eye on that. We're going to need to keep an eye on the timings with high tide. And, you know, there is a small chance that there could be, you know, some brief rotation with some of these, not necessarily saying that a tornado is going to happen, um, near the coast. Again, the better risk is going to be with that better overlap of, uh, daytime heating, where you're going to get some breaks in the clouds, um, in the upstate and into, you know, into some of the Midlands and into the Piedmont of North Carolina. Um, you're going to have a, that best overlap of wind shear and instability um, cutting in there. So we'll see a again, you know, it, with any luck, this is not going to be too, you know, for the vast majority of us in the Carolinas, it shouldn't be too bad, but um for some of you in the mountains, uh, you know, Evan pretty much sums it up pretty well. Like you, the, 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 the upslope flow, the precipitable waters that we're seeing, the, the precipitable water values in Tallahassee certainly indicate a massive, well, massive is such a big word, a significant flash flood threat. 
Yeah, and, and Jared, I'll hop in here just real quick because, um, oh, goodness, no, the comment just disappeared on my screen. Uh, Bob Chambers, I think it was, you were talking about uh, the ironic that the first day of school for many kids is tomorrow. Up here, West North Carolina, we had the first day of, kid, of school for kids in Transylvania County, and they ended up dismissing early for flooding concerns, and they're on a two-hour delay tomorrow where they'll reevaluate road conditions and consider whether or not they need to close for the day. So local communities here in the mountains, especially those areas like Transylvania County that are going to be the hardest hit with the flooding concerns, they're already taking action uh, and being proactive in a day and age where for flooding, they can take a day off and do school online. Yes, I know that has ramifications to taking away snow days for kids, but right now it is a great resource to keep kids out of danger on daylight tomorrow when road uh, road conditions could be quite treacherous. Let's uh, give Shay Gibson a chance to get in some additional thoughts. Yeah, I think Jerry covered it really well here at the coastline. Um, you know, again, it doesn't take very much of a system to, to, you know, plug an extreme amount of rainfall across an area, right? We've, we've seen that with, with Florence, you know, we've seen that with category one hurricanes, tropical depressions, tropical storms, you name it. So we're just, we're in that time of the year. We're also watching another system off of Bermuda right now. That's uh, for the Carolina coast, not an immediate threat. There is a chance it could jog a little bit westward, but we think it's going to get pulled away from the coast. But again, we never turn our backs on these systems. So um, uh, especially when we have eroding features around it that we, we can see out for a couple of days, that's Grace, but um, we're talking about uh, Henri, which is southeast of Bermuda at this point. Um, but I know that this this particular segment is about the, the threat in the mountains, but just just looming off the coastline, right, is something that uh, models didn't even really pick up. It just sort of spurned and just shows you just how, the warm, how warm the waters are and, and just some of the things along the coastline to just keep an eye on. So uh, we think that this will curve away from the coastline, but we don't turn our backs on it. Uh, as Jared said, alluded to tomorrow morning and what we talked about earlier, some of that tropical banding, that heavy feeder banding coming into our coast, uh, probably just ahead of sunrise and through the morning, maybe a couple of swaths of that. Some of those embedded storms could carry some gusty surges, some strong damaging winds within them. Uh, but more so, the localized flash flooding is going to be probably more of the issue here. Our high tides right around six feet, so that doesn't help anything at all. But um yeah, for the, for the mountainous zones, as you go higher in elevation, uh, you know, if you've been through heavy rain events before, you know which roads are probably going to wash out. You know, Evan, you're in that neck of the woods. You know it better than I do. Um, I, I tell you, it's, it's funny situations like, hey, you know, we're lucky it wasn't a Category 3 or 4 hurricane. But then again, you know, we've seen this before where it doesn't take much of a system to push that much moisture north. You know, speaking of historic systems, and I'm glad you brought that up, Shay, because I realized one of the things that we had meant to talk about, and before we go, we're going to talk about it right now, but Melissa Griffith and Frank Strait uh, shared some material online earlier. And one of the things that we do look at in terms of atmospheric data is history. What do we know about storms from the past? They're called analogs. And here's one from 1994. On this date in weather history, thunderstorms from the remnants of Tropical Storm Beryl produced heavy rain and 23 tornadoes across South Carolina. Three were rated F3 tornadoes with touchdowns in places like Lexington. The event is one of the largest tornado outbreaks in the state. And if you look at where the line is for the path of the remnants of Beryl, it is spook spookily scary similar <laughs> and also with francis here's francis in 2004 very similar path with 20 inches of rain falling in portions of western north carolina 
Now, just because we saw it once doesn't mean we'll see it again. But in terms of what storms can do when they take this path, here are two examples. Yeah, the good Literally thing, James, on this day. Yeah, the yeah. good thing, James, is this system, Fred, will be uh, after tomorrow morning, afternoon. This, you know, this thing was kind of moving slowly into the coastline. It's going to start picking up speed. It's going to get caught up along that boundary. It's going to start moving out of the area pretty quick. I know um, I think Barrel was a very slow mover and had an extreme amount of tropical moisture come up with it. But, um, yeah, that, that's the good thing is this you know, won't be sticking around past Tuesday for very long. It'll be moving up towards the Ohio Valley as we get, I mean, just a, a, from 1 p.m. Tuesday in upstate Georgia all the way 24 hours later, it's in the you know, upper West Virginia, Ohio Valley area. So, you know, that's the fortunate part about it. 10 o'clock, if you're watching this live special edition of the Carolina Weather Group, we are talking about severe weather expected in the Carolinas tomorrow as a part of a setup that does incorporate the remnants of what is currently still Tropical Storm Fred. Let's give you a quick recap here of what we know right now about the next 24 to 36 hours, starting with our future cast. So this is a look at what anticipated radar returns will be over the next 24 hours or so. You will see that persistent tropical rain that will move on through associated with that low remnant of Fred, which will be located there across portions of Georgia, leaving us on the east side of the storm with heavy rains, gusty winds, and some of those stronger discrete cells that some of where the tornado risk will come into play. We'll talk about that again in just a moment, but we do have out from the WPC tonight a look at the flash flood risk for tomorrow with a moderate risk all along western North Carolina, all along the Blue Ridge, portions of Northeast Georgia, portions of upstate South Carolina. That extends as far as about the I-77 corridor near Statesville. Now, places like Charlotte or Fort Mill, Columbia, further down that I-77 corridor, you're in that slight risk for flash flooding. But, you know, you could still see some flash flooding all the way down along the coast, as our uh, panel has been talking about tonight, and even as far to the east as about that I-85-95 corridor there out towards the Triangle. But let's talk about the chance of seeing severe weather. So now here is the Storm Prediction Center out look for tomorrow slight risk again bullseye mainly over i-77 corridor western north carolina upstate south carolina this is now considering things like that tornado risk or those damaging wind threats because the spc is telling us that we'll have about a five percent chance of seeing tornadoes in these places and uh, we'll have to wait to see exactly which watch products the national weather service may decide to issue but we do know tonight that we do have a flash flood watch up for western north carolina as far to the east as Hickory, including places like Asheville, and then in upstate South Carolina and places like Clemson, Anderson, Greenville, Spartanburg, that flash flood watch for tomorrow ahead of what is going to be, again, a day full of flash flood risk number one, severe weather risk number two. Well, that does it for this uh, special edition of the Carolina Weather Group. On behalf of our panel, thanks so much for joining us. Again, our Carolina Weather Net, it streams free. No cable or satellite subscription is required. You can find it on the Carolina Weather Group YouTube channel. Just search for Carolina Weather Group on YouTube. You can find real-time weather conditions, including sky cams and real-time warnings from the National Weather Service. You can watch it on anywhere you can watch YouTube, including your smart televisions or your phone. And of course, keep those NOAA weather radios with you tomorrow so that you can 
be sure to stay informed of all the latest. But for now, on behalf of our panel, I'm James Briarton. Thanks for joining us for this live special coverage from the Carolina Weather Group. We'll see you back here again real soon.